Well, welcome, Pathway Family, Westlink, Goddard Valley Center. Those of you who are watching online, so glad that you're here for this third week in our series, One at a Time, where all month long we've been looking at this one-at-a-time lifestyle that really Jesus models for us that can transform our world. And it begins, like Pastor Hudson talked about last week, of having a heart like our Father in heaven and zooming in and focusing on other people and helping them take their next step in terms of their relationship with God. It's a willful and intentional desire to be able to see people through the eyes of Jesus. Now, the second step that we're going to look at today of living this one-at-a-time lifestyle is what we call the proximity principle. You see, the proximity principle is what made Jesus' ministry so impactful. I mean, everything in Jesus' ministry, it flowed from his proximity to people. I mean, it began when Jesus came to this earth at heaven at Christmas time. He didn't love us from kind of someplace far away. No, he loved us close up. He came to earth and he dwelt with us. The Apostle John actually said it this way. He said, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. To me, that's proximity. And when you look at the ministry of Jesus, he embodied this. Everything about Jesus when he came to this earth was about his proximity to people. You see, proximity, it lets you know, doesn't it, that you're really cared for, that you're really loved. And when you look at Jesus, that's the way exactly that he lived his life because nothing communicates that you care for a person, that you love a person more than what? Being there. You know, when my uh, mom passed away in late July, I experienced, I would say, this proximity principle afresh again in my own life. You know, in many ways, for me, it was a little bit surreal because most of the time in my life, uh, I'm always the one who kind of shows up when somebody's grieving a loss. But this time, it was me. And I was so surprised when people showed up how powerful it was. I mean, how comforting. How, how much peace, how much solace it brought to my soul. It's like the day of my mom's funeral. There was a friend of mine named Pete uh, who showed up at the funeral. You know, I've known Pete for years. I don't really see him very much. He travels quite a bit for work. But when he showed up at the funeral, I just cried. And, and I can't describe to you how comforting and how much it ministered to my soul because he showed up. And, and it wasn't anything that he did. It wasn't anything that he really said. But it was just his tangible proximity that did something supernatural that brought comfort to my soul. You see, that's the power. That's the power of proximity. That's the power of someone when, when we're close to people, when our presence is brought to people's lives. And so today, I want to dig a little bit deeper on this truth. And I want to take you to a parable uh, that Jesus told in Luke chapter 14. It's called the parable of the great banquet. Now, the context for when Jesus told this parable is at a dinner party of a powerful uh, religious leader. This party was filled with religious people and all of their friends. Uh, they came from kind of really a certain high social status group. And so Jesus looks around at this party and he sees really the exclusivity of it. So he decides he's going to address really the situation. So I want you to look with me at what it says in Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 12. It says there, Then he turned to the host 
When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. So in essence, Jesus is saying here to the guy throwing the party and all these kind of invited people, and to me this almost sounds like kind of an awkward situation because he's there at this kind of high roller party and says, hey, when you throw a party, don't just invite all the people who look like you. Don't just invite all of the religious people. That's who's in this room. You see, the problem is, The natural gravity of our souls is to spend as much time as possible with people who look like us, who talk like us, who believe like us. And Jesus is clearly saying here, don't do it that way. They'll return the favor and that will be your only reward. But if you invite those who are not in your social group, those in many ways who in no way could pay you back, then your blessing is really going to be better. Your blessing is going to be huge in heaven. You see, this parable is Jesus clearly connecting your reward in heaven with the people that you spend time with here on earth. So Jesus is in essence intentionally saying, put yourself in proximity with people who don't know me. So the first lesson Jesus teaches here about the proximity principle is proximity means intentionally living life with those who don't know Jesus. That's what he did. That's what you see all across Jesus' life. And and that's what Jesus is saying to this religious group of people here. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, someone in our church family, Randy and Rhonda Bowles. Uh, one of the steps that they took a few years ago was they sold their larger house and they moved into one of their rental properties. And they did it initially because uh, they really saw it as a way that they could be more generous with the things that God had given them. And uh, But what happened was after Randy and Rhonda moved into this rental property, they noticed that right across the street from their house was this school bus stop. And there were about 25 kids and about five school buses that stopped there every day. It was actually kind of a huge apartment complex across the street from them. So there was tons of kids in this neighborhood. And so Randy and Rhonda, they seized the opportunity and they started a ministry to the kids at the school bus stop. The first step they took was to be able to put some benches and tables out there for them. Uh, later on, they started giving them hot chocolate in the wintertime. Uh, they started providing snacks for them, and they even celebrated their birthdays with them. You see they, what they were doing? They were creating proximity with these kids. And one of the experiences that really motivated Rhonda in particular as they were doing this, kind of regarding this proximity principle, was one year she gave one of the kids a nativity set for Christmas. And when that little girl brought that nativity set home, the mom saw it, and she told her that she needed to keep that nativity set in her bedroom. And Rhonda said she knew in that moment that her presence, her proximity in that little girl's life was critical if that little girl was going to be able to know Jesus. But what was catalytic in all that, it was through all those acts of service, you see, that Randy and Rhonda were, were doing that developed that proximity with those kids and ultimately was giving them the opportunity to be able to share Jesus with those kids. And right now, that's why so much we're championing uh, these acts of service as we live out this one-at-a-time lifestyle of Jesus because acts of service that we're all doing, what it does is it creates proximity. It creates proximity with people. It creates an atmosphere of love. And it creates, in the end, opportunities for us to be able to invite people into relationship with Jesus. 
And it, honestly, man, it's so exciting what's happening right now. Here in our church family, already right now, hundreds of acts of service have happened. I want you to kind of visualize in your mind as we're all doing that together, man, there's waves. You see, friends, there's waves of God's love that are crashing up on the shore of our community because we together are doing something in the name of Jesus that's creating that atmosphere of love. It's creating that proximity just like Jesus told us to do. So I want to ask you, where's your bus stop? Who's that group of people in your life that you need to intentionally put yourself in close proximity with so that they can see Jesus? And I promise you, if you'll be courageous enough to kind of step outside of whatever comfort zone that you feel like that you're in and put yourself in proximity, God's going to use your life in a powerful way, just like he used Randy and Rhonda's life to be able to impact those kids in their neighborhood. All right? Well, back to our story. Jesus goes on to tell the parable of the great banquet, and he really does it, and he teaches us really another aspect of this proximity principle. He goes on to say, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began to make excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. I guess back then they test drove their oxen. I don't, I don't know. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. So the final guy, man, he, he blames his wife for not coming. So all these people, they had expected to be invited. They got invited, but they all start making excuses. And all the excuses these people made, they were not rude. They weren't hostile. They were polite. They were just saying, it's not a good time for me right now. But I want you to notice that every excuse was a priority excuse. Every excuse was, it's not that I don't want to, but it's just something else is more important to me right now. And I think that when it comes to responding to the invitation to do life in proximity with God and other people, it tends to be the same way. It's a priority problem for us as well. We don't have time for God and we don't have time for other people. We've got other things going on in our lives that are just a little bit more important. And I think we need to ask ourselves, what's in the end, what's more important than God and other people in our lives? When we don't have time for God and other people, in, in the end, we really dismiss what God wants to really accomplish in our lives. That's what he wants us to be able to do. So let's take note of that, friends. Let's take note of what Jesus said there. Well, Jesus continues on in his story. And he says in verse 21, The servant returned and told his master what he had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town. Go to these places you don't usually go and invite some people that you don't usually invite. Invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. See, clearly here Jesus' party, this grand party that he's going to have, it's not going to be exclusive. Jesus' party is for the world. It's inclusive. And that's why the master says, go invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Invite all the people that you would not normally invite. And so the second lesson Jesus teaches us here about the proximity principle is proximity means loving the uninvited and overlooked people. Loving uninvited and overlooked people. 
And this is tough for us, though, because this means for us reaching out to people that we might normally avoid. And really, it's kind of especially interesting here because Jesus talks about the poor here, and he's speaking in financial terms. But it's interesting because the word poor is literally translated people without value. And Jesus is saying, invite those people. And i got to say, I'm particularly passionate about what Jesus is saying here because I believe that every person that's really kind of part of our pathway family, and I say this with all honesty and everything, we're part of a very privileged group. We are. We are in the richest 1% of people in the world. We're, We're powerful people. Most of us, my wife told me the other day that I used to be good looking. Most of us are good looking. (laughs) Where were the invited people though? We are. We're the invited people. So I believe God has given us, the invited people, special responsibility. Special responsibility. And Jesus, obviously that is what he's saying here. Our focus is to be especially on the uninvited and the overlooked. Especially because nobody else is going to invite them. And Jesus wants to make sure that they get invited. And I believe in a special way that's our responsibility because we're the invited, we're the rich, we're the powerful. We can do things that nobody else can do. And so who is that for you? Who are those people in your life who are uninvited and who are overlooked? Maybe it's someone at work that you just kind of want to walk quickly by. They're weird. Maybe it's someone at school who usually just kind of sits over in the corner by themselves. Or maybe it's somebody in your neighborhood that's scary. Nobody in the neighborhood really kind of wants to have to talk to them and kind of deal with them because they're just a little bit scary. But I'm telling you, God will do something powerful. He'll do something supernatural if you'll put yourself in kind of close proximity with them and begin to love them and to be able to serve them. You know, it's interesting. There's a a story that the author, uh, Beth Moore, tells about when she was in an airport one time. And there was an elderly man who was in a wheelchair that was seated close by her in the waiting area. And he looked kind of dirty and he looked kind of unkept. His hair was long, it was matted, and she said her natural tendency was just to keep her distance from this guy. But as she was preparing her next message, she just felt this impression from God that she was supposed to go and talk to him. She didn't really want to, but she thought maybe God wanted her to witness to him. And she also had this impression from God that she was supposed to go and brush his hair. And she said, that seemed pretty weird to her. (laughs) And she said, God has never asked me to do something like that before and certainly never since that point in time. And so she tried to dismiss kind of the whole thing. But she couldn't escape it. And so she went over to this elderly man, not trying to really draw very much attention to herself or to him. And she said quietly, sir... May I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? And this elderly man said, what? What did you say? (laughs) And so she said again, may I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? And then he said, little lady, if you expect me to hear you, you're going to have to talk a little bit louder. (laughs) And so everybody by that time was kind of looking at Beth and this old man. And so she said again, sir, may I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? And the question kind of caught him off guard, but he said, if you'd really want to, I suppose so. And so she found a hairbrush in his bag, and she started brushing his hair. And she says, as she tells this story, there's not a lot of things that I do well, but I've raised two girls, and I know a lot about brushing tangled hair. 
And she said, I know this sounds strange, but I have never felt that kind of love for someone I didn't know in my entire life. I loved him and I cared for him and I didn't know why. And so she brushes out his hair until it's nice and smooth. And she thought, okay, this is the part where I need to tell him about Jesus. Surely this is why all this is going on. And so she said, sir, do you know my Jesus? And he said, yes, I do. And she was caught off guard by his response because she thought the purpose of brushing his hair was going to be able to, for about her introducing him to Jesus. But the man said, I've known Jesus ever since I married my wife. She wouldn't let me get to know her until I got to know him. And this elderly man said, but the problem is I haven't seen my wife in months. I had open heart surgery out of town. She's been too ill to come and see me. And I was sitting here thinking to myself, I'm going to be such a mess when I see my wife today. And immediately Beth knew, okay, this is what God wanted to happen. And she was happy to help, but she still thought it was unusual because she thought the idea was probably to help somebody meet Jesus. Well, a few minutes went by. They started boarding the plane when an airline stewardess approached her in tears. And that airline stewardess said, I saw what you did for that man. Do you mind me asking, why did you do that? And Beth responded, do you know my Jesus? And she went on to explain, this is the way that Jesus has loved me. He's loved me this way. And I'm supposed to love other people in the same kind of way. You see, because Beth Moore reached out to this old overlooked man It ended up not only just powerfully ministering to him, but it also had a powerful impact on all the people that were around him. And that's why later on Jesus says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. The reality is when one at a time we love the overlooked and the uninvited, God moves forward his family, he moves forward his family here, and he moves forward his kingdom in powerful ways. That's what happens when we love the overlooked and the uninvited. Well, if we look on in our story, Luke chapter 14 ends with the servant going out and giving invitations to people who had not been invited. And it says, beginning with verse 22, after the servant had done this, he reported there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you can find to come so that my house will be full. So Jesus is clearly saying to us, I want my house to be full. I want my house to be full. I want you to go everywhere and find everyone so that my house is going to be filled up. And so the proximity principle means going everywhere and loving the uninvited and overlooked so that God's house is going to be full. Amen? Amen. You know, it reminds me of what one of our Pathway worship teams is planning right now. You see, they play not only worship music on the weekends, but they also play secular cover songs out in the community. So here in the next couple of months, they're planning on doing an outreach event at the Hutchinson Correctional Facility. And at this outreach event, they're going to have music, they're going to have food, they're going to have testimonies, and they're going to be sharing the good news about Jesus. But I'm telling you, though, you walk through the lock gates of that prison, it's uncomfortable. And I'm telling you, it's a little unnerving when you hear some of those prisoners shouting in their cells. And it's awkward sometimes having conversations with inmates 
who've lived very different lives than your own. But at the same time, when you create proximity with people who are uninvited and overlooked, I'm telling you, powerful, crazy things happen. And that's why I love so much what this worship team is doing. They're intentionally putting themselves in proximity. They're putting themselves like Jesus did. They're, they're loving the uninvited. They're caring for the overlooked, the people that, that everybody else in the world thinks is, well, we don't want anything to do with them. They're doing what Luke chapter 14 says. They're doing everything they can, putting themselves outside their comfort zone, but they're running out in the country lanes and are behind the hedges so that what? So that God's house can be full. And that's what he calls us all to do together as a pathway family, that we're out there everywhere, wherever God puts us, inviting everyone that we can so that God's house may be full. And so this week, here's my challenge. Here's my challenge for you this week. I want to challenge you to mix it up. I want to challenge you to mix it up. I want you to create some proximity in life. Maybe for you, what that looks like is maybe you to go to one particular coffee shop. You go to one particular coffee shop, but I want you to go somewhere else. You don't have to go to the same place that you've always been for the rest of your life. I want you to meet some new people. I want you to be able to see what God does as you put yourself in some proximity with a different group of people. Maybe for others of you, what I want to encourage you to do, maybe it's joining a new group or a new organization. It's not for yourself, but rather it's you putting yourself in proximity with people who don't know Jesus. You know, for me personally this week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite a guy for coffee that I've been trying to help him take his next step toward Jesus for a long time. And uh, I don't really know him that well. I don't know that necessarily we really have that much in common, but what I want to do is I want to create some proximity. I want to create some proximity if he's open to that invitation. But what I want you to do is I want you to mix it up this week, all right? Mix it up. Get ready to mix it up. And I want you to create some proximity in hopes to be able to help someone take their next step toward Jesus ultimately. And I promise you, if you'll do that, if you put your faith into action some way like that through an act of service, through, through joining, through putting yourself in some kind of a different kind of situation, God is going to surprise you. I, I, I'm telling you, you do that, and he's going to surprise you. He's going to show up, and he's going to give you some awesome one-at-a-time opportunities. So as we begin to close today, what I actually want to do is I want to do something a little bit different. What I want us to do is I want us to pray a prayer out loud together. Because remember, like we talked about the very first week, we've all got some mountains in our lives that kind of hold us back from doing what God wants us to do. And the way that we begin to move those mountains is we pray. We pray. So I want us to pray together about the one-at-a-time opportunities that God is going to give all of us as we put ourselves in proximity with other people. Because God wants his house to be full. He wants his house to be full. So I want to invite you right now to look at the screens. If you're watching online, you'll be able to see this as well. But, but let's pray this prayer uh, together out loud uh, with one another. Father in heaven, thank you that you came to a very uncomfortable place and invited us in when we were overlooked. Father, thank you that you send us out to love people one at a time. Help us this week to put ourselves in proximity with somebody that needs to be seen, that needs to be loved, and that needs to be cared for. 
God, use us as we do your work. Now, as we continue to pray, I want to invite everyone just to bow your heads right now and close your eyes. Because I know there's others of you who have never accepted Jesus' invitation for the very first time. You know, in Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, here I am. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. And so today, I want to give you an opportunity to be able to respond to Jesus' invitation to open that door, to open that door of your heart and to be able to make Jesus the leader, the the savior of your life, to accept his invitation. So don't miss this opportunity today. Don't miss this opportunity today, my friends, to be able to make Jesus Christ the leader, the savior of your life, to accept his invitation. I just want to invite you right now. Pray this prayer with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner that I've made mistakes. But today, Jesus, I accept your invitation. I accept your invitation. I open my heart, and I make you the leader and the savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me on the cross. And now, Jesus, use my life to be able to go and share your invitation. Your invitation of love, your invitation of life with other people. Now, with everybody's head still bowed right now and eyes still closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, you made Jesus Christ the leader and the Savior of your life, man, I want you to raise up your hand real high. I just want you to raise your hand up real high and say to God, God, that's me. I accepted the invitation today. I accepted the invitation today to make you the leader and the savior of my life. Raise your hand. Tell God you're all in. Tell him you accepted that invitation today. Raise it up. Tell him that you did. Tell him that you did today. Praise God. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Oh, Father in heaven, I just thank you so much today, God, that you're at work. Thank you for my friends, my brothers and sisters who surrendered their life to you. God, thank you that you're good. You have good works planned out in advance for us to do. God, you've uh, got a mission for us. You've got a purpose for us. God, I pray that my friends who took that step today would feel that. They would know that. And they would do that. Lord, we just love you. We bless you. And we pray all these things right now in Jesus' name.